Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable Jiri course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Melody Jones from Vantage Point MBA Admissions Consulting with us. And Melody, would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your company. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me on today, Tyler. I'm really excited to, uh, to chat with you today and would be happy to start off by just telling you a little bit more about our company. So um, like I said, I'm the co-founder of Vantage Point MBA Admissions Consulting, and um, we advise applicants, so typically young professionals in their early to mid-20s who are applying to the top MBA programs in the U.S. and Europe. Um, and so we are a boutique um, firm, and we we work with a small number of clients every year who are really focusing on these elite programs and are looking for high-touch, one-on-one coaching throughout the entire application process. So typically when someone's starting to work with us, you know, they're just starting off the process, maybe they're still studying for the GMAT or the GRE, and they're really looking for someone to sort of take them through the entire application process from the self-reflection and, you know, a lot of the research that goes into picking your schools and figuring out your story and your career goals, all the way to writing essays and um, prepping for interviews and anything that comes up in between. So uh, we're really the the co-pilot in, in our clients' application processes. So lots to dig yeah. into there and uh, looking forward to kicking it off. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, today, I think we're going to be talking about um, one of the pieces that is a lot more important in the graduate school admissions process than maybe people are used to in undergrad, which is letters of recommendation or letters of support, right? Depending That's on right. whether you're applying to an academic graduate program, um, then those letters are probably going to be coming from your professors or people you've done research with. If you're applying to a professional graduate school program like an MBA, then those letters of recommendation are probably coming from your work life where you've gone to work for a few years. So. I guess the first, you know, is what sort of sets up a great letter of recommendation? Like, what's the groundwork you should be laying before you ask, months before? And then who who should you be targeting for these things? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. And I, and I love that you asked it because, you know, that's a lot of the work that we do with applicants early on in the process is, A, a figuring out who you want to ask to be a recommender. But then once you've chosen that person, how do you prep them? And how do you coach them through the process to make sure that, you know, they're set up for success and that they're setting you up for success in the application process? And so, um, you know, the the prep process is, is something that people should be putting a lot of thought into. And so what we actually recommend that applicants do is put together a document. Um, we have a great template that we've sort of put together for, for our clients, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something super formal. It can really just be an overview of you know, why you're applying to business school and what are some of the key strengths that you want them to highlight in your application um, and um, how can they sort of bring those forward in their letters of recommendation and 
uh, make sure that they're corroborating, right, everything that you're focused on telling on your side of the application. So it's really important to be, you know, clear and to communicate clearly with your recommenders up front about how they can best support you. Um, yeah, and who should these, I mean, uh, I don't know if maybe you're you're ready to ask about the who, but I was wondering, like, who should you be setting up for the yeah. letters of recommendation? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of conflicting information out there, right? It could be seem really obvious to say, oh, well, you know, I spoke to the CEO of my company on the phone a couple of times and he really liked what I said. So I'm going to ask him to write me a letter of recommendation. Um, and, you know, big titles are probably not going to be as impactful or influential in the MBA application process as you might think. And it's really, really important um, to kind of steer away from that and, and instead choose people who know you really well. Mm -hmm. um, people that you've worked with in depth and, and someone that can really speak in depth to your strengths, you know, how you behave, what your qualities are at work and, and what are some of the things that really stand out to them about you that sort of make you a notch above your peers. Um, I think another thing to think about too is this person needs to be you know, older most often and at least more senior than you in your organization. Um, it doesn't have to be your direct supervisor, although a lot of schools do recommend that it's your direct supervisor. Um, mm -hmm. But beyond that, you, know, you really want to have someone that has more years of experience than you that can sort of lend that lens and how they're talking about your performance and your strengths. Um, I think what business schools are really looking for from letters of recommendation is to sort of put your strengths and accomplishments into context, right? When you're talking about your story, it's really your viewpoint, your lens, and your essays. And then your letters of recommendation come in and say, hey, you know, I've worked with 20 other analysts or associates, you know, throughout my career. Um, you know, this is a very high performing bunch, but Tyler, for example, stands out above them in X, Y, Z ways, right? And you need to choose somebody that is in a position to be able to say things like that and to offer that input in a credible way. Right. And I mean, it sounds like that's a key piece of getting credibility with the admissions officers is that this person has had experience with a lot of people um, and then is comparing you. Do you feel like that's fair? Like, because I've heard that before where they've said, oh, like, you know, Tyler is a great employee is, is fine, but like <laughs> I've had 20 employees and Tyler's the best one is a lot better. Correct. Yeah, it's a lot better. Um, you know, is it fair? I don't know. That That's, you know, not my place to answer. But, you know, the point is the top MBA programs aren't just looking for people who check the box, right? They're looking for people that are in the top 2% of whatever their peer group is. Um, and so letters of recommendation are a really important place where admissions committees are looking to get a sense for, you know, are you really a superstar within your organization or just kind of fall in the middle of the pack? Right. And so, yeah, what are the things that you want to ask your um, letters of recommender people to emphasize, right? Other than how exceptional you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that. That really comes down to you and what your individual strengths are and what you're looking to highlight, you know, in your application package as a whole. Um, you know, we know what business schools are looking for in general, right? They're looking for analytical aptitude, leadership, um, you know, a strong sort of collaborative and, and teamwork mentality. Um, you know, they're looking for, you know, for folks with a growth mindset, people that are always looking to learn and improve and 
continue to question the status quo. So as you kind of think about what your experiences are, especially what your experiences have been with this specific recommender that you ultimately chose, what are the ways where you feel like you've really shined or really impressed them? And then be able to sort of communicate that with your recommender and make sure that they're conveying that as they write their letters of recommendation and and hopefully help to uh, help to support that that um, that behavior or character trait that you've also been trying to emphasize throughout the application. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I think that for academic letters of recommendation, it people are actually often told explicitly like not to try and ghostwrite for the professor. But it 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 feels like in the MBA world, obviously you shouldn't write the letter for them, though some people might ask you to do that. Um, but you definitely get a lot more input into what the letter is going to say. Do you feel like that's true? I I think that's right. Um, you know, I I think that smart applicants, you know, are going to try to, you know, prepare and coach their recommenders as much as they can. But you're absolutely right. In no way, shape, or form should they be writing their own letters of recommendation or ultimately having a say in what is written in the letters of recommendation, right? The prep packets are to say, hey, recommender, let me jog your memory about, you know, all of the great things that we worked on together. And, you know, this is sort of the direction I'm taking my application. I just want you to have all this information in front of you so that you can sort of pick and choose and make your own call about what you want to write about in the letter. Um, Because, you know, you still want that to be genuine, right? An authentic sort of piece that's coming from your recommender's true point of view. And that's why choosing the right recommender is so important because hopefully this is someone that you have a relationship with and you kind of know how they think and feel about you. And you mm-hmm. want to choose someone that can be really enthusiastic and, and really supportive and, and think about this as, you know, a really exciting opportunity to support, you know, a young person in, in a really exciting step in their, in their careers. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if it's, your direct supervisor, is there any concern that they're like, oh, well, you know, now I have to tell this person that I'm going to leave and go to business school, right? Uh, that is unfortunately <laughs> yeah. like, so, there are some bad bosses out there that wouldn't be super 100%. happy to hear that. A hundred percent. Yep. And, you know, that is something um, that is concerning sometimes for applicants and it doesn't you know, a letter of recommendation doesn't have to come from your direct supervisor. Um, actually, when I applied to business school, I was one of those people, and my direct supervisor did not write my letter of recommendation for the exact reason that you mentioned. I happened to be applying about two months before my bonus was going to be paid out, and I didn't want it to impact that. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people are in that position, and, you know, the schools understand that. And what you really need to do if you're in that, um, in that situation is just, A, you know, think about who would be kind of the next best person, right, to, to still share that perspective. Maybe it's a former supervisor that you worked with or another senior member of the team that you work with really closely. And can they still lend to that same perspective and point of view? And then you explain that in your application. Um, most applications either will have sort of a field directly in the application where you can sort of address your choice of recommenders, or there's also an optional essay that you can write and just explain you know, why you, A, why you didn't choose your direct supervisor, and then B, who you chose and how they still fit that sort of perspective that they can share and why they're still in the same exact sort of position of strength to share those qualities and, and really support you in the application. Great. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm curious, once you kind of have 
your people down. It sounds like your advice was really to start by essentially asking people to um, figure out what their messaging is going to be for the application. And then you want to share those ideas with the people that you're uh, writing your lives recommendations so that they can kind of be on message. But beyond that, what is key content that needs to go into this letter? Like what makes the letter really, first off, like what's like sort of the stuff that has to be there for a letter to be effective? And then what are the things that really will take it to the next level? Yeah, yeah. No, great question. Um, I think one thing that a lot of applicants might not realize is that the letters of recommendation um, are actually comprised of specific questions that recommenders have to answer. Um, and so the number one thing I would say is letters of recommendation should actually specifically answer the questions that are being asked. Um, uh, most programs sort of adopt the, the common letter of recommendation questions. And one question is going to be more around how does the applicant compare to his or her peers? What are their primary strengths? And then the other question is going to be around a piece of constructive criticism. Um, and so, you know, the letters need to answer those specific questions. Um, and you'd be surprised how many times that doesn't happen. And so I always like to call that out. Um, you know, beyond that, what are the essential, essential ingredients for a strong letter of recommendation? The first one is just using specific examples to back up your claims. You know, as a writer, if you're saying, hey, you know, Tyler is, you know, one of the strongest analysts I've ever had the privilege of managing. Um, you know, he really stands out and in, in how he's able to sort of own his analyses and, and make actionable recommendations based on the data that he's producing. Um, you know, okay, that's great, but then give me an example, right? Use an example to really show and provide evidence for those claims. So you're really bringing them to life and enabling the ad com to, to picture what it is that you're trying to say about the applicant. That's one. Um, the other thing I would say too is, is enthusiasm. I think I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, letters of recommendation are not performance reviews. They're not sort of an opportunity to say, well, you know, he does this well, but he does this not so well. Um, it's really about, you know, being a cheerleader and an advocate for the applicant and, and speaking enthusiastically about how much, um, you know, how much value they add to, to you and to your company or to your organization, but also how much future potential they have and how lucky a business school would be to have this person. Yeah, so I'm curious about about that, right? Because um, it is a little weird to be like, this person's so great, and then we're letting them go. But also, you know, hopefully, if you have a supportive boss, it's not it's not so strange. But I'm curious, like, what um, what the business school's kind of perspective will be on these letters, right? Like, are are there when they're reading these letters, are they looking to see what you know, essentially just trying to provide more color on the resume, or are they trying to use the letters of recommendation to like pick standout people that, you know, it may not be necessarily obvious how standout they are on their resume? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. You know, business school applications really are reviewed holistically. Um, you know, so there's not sort of, I would say a separate purpose for each piece of the application. It really is a total package. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that sort of letters of recommendation do that nothing else in your application can is, is what I mentioned earlier. It's really just putting your achievements and accomplishments into context and, and also making sure that the way that the applicant is portraying themselves and the way that they're sort of 
positioning their accomplishments and what they bring to the table is also the way that other people view them. Um, because, you know, it's, it's easy, right, to not necessarily have that level of self-awareness, especially when you're younger and just starting off in your career. And so being able to sort of lean on letters of recommendation to say, okay, um, you know, we're, we're hearing this story from another side and kind of now seeing how it all comes together and, and making sure that, um, you know, this applicant is who they say they are and, and is going to be representing themselves accurately. Great. And then any other closing thoughts on getting great letters of recommendation? Um, you know, I, the only thing I would say is, you know, in, in choosing recommenders and then sort of managing those relationships, um, you know, be as, be as personal and sort of approachable as possible in terms of really nurturing that relationship and that process with your, with your recommender. I think people don't understand how much work it is to write a letter of recommendation a lot of times. And recommenders, you know, of course, are super busy people and they are going to be going out of their way to put together mm -hmm. something really important in your application. And so, you know, just being really grateful and, you know, helping make the process as seamless and easy as possible for them. And then making sure you say thank you afterwards. Um, a small token of gratitude can really go a long way. And, um, and I think, you know, just treating these, this part of the application, like, you know, another person that you need to help you, but that, you know, you're still gonna have a relationship with them after the fact, right? And so it's mm -hmm. really important to just make sure that you're being respectful of their time and, and trying to make it as, as easy as possible. Yeah, I think I just have sort of an extra set of questions based on what you just said, which is okay. how, um, how long in advance or how far in advance should you be trying to get, uh, like, to tell your boss that you want a letter of recommendation? And then how much time should you give them between when they're actually getting all the materials and when it's due? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that, that's tricky, I'll say. Um, you know, when you're asking your boss, for example, I think it all kind of depends on what's going on in the promotion cycle and all of that at your company. Um, you know, that said, ideally, you know, you're, you're giving people at least a three-month heads up at least just to initiate the conversation, right? To say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, you know, you've been a really important sort of mentor and figure in my career. Would you be willing to support me by writing a letter of recommendation? And then letting them know sort of this is what the process entails. I'm going to be sharing more information with you. Once I, you know, put your information in the online system, you're going to be getting this auto-generated email that's going to give you a link to actually upload the letter. And then, you know, these are any other steps in the process that I want you to be aware of. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think giving people a heads up is really helpful. And then especially, you know, over the summer, people have vacations and other things planned. So sort of letting them know what your timeline is, understanding what timing constraints they're working under. There's some logistics there. So the more advanced notice you can give them, you know, the better off you are. You know, mm -hmm. I would say really don't want to go less than like one month. That's really pushing it. Okay. Great. Well, thanks. This has been Jiri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Melody Jones from Vantage Point Consulting. And Achievable has a great online Jiri course you can try for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to save 10%.